The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Yoma has been dedicated in memory of Mazal Bat Esther Baghdadi and Yosef Ben Mazal Baghdadi by their family. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden. Amen. Today's daf has been dedicated by North Fork Bank and its private banking department with Gabriel Safti. Hashem Ishmedehu Bihayehu. We would like to thank North Fork Bank and urge our listeners to patronize this generous financial institution. On a uh, private note, we'd like to thank Mr. Gabriel Safti for his continued support for all our programs here at uh, Daf Yomi, Torah Learning Resources, and the Torah Center. Today's Daf has been dedicated in memory of Yosef Ben Mazal and Shalom Rafael Ben Mazal. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden. Amen. Daf Kaf. Today's Daf is being studied. لعيلون شمات أبراهام بن إستير روح الشيب تنحن بجن عيدن أمين تريز داب is being studied الفواش لما حيم دافيد بن أدل إلنا رفنا لو إلنا رفنا لو إلنا رفنا لو بتوك شعر خلي عمو إسرائيل أمين we begin تريز داب and you take عموتشني a few lines after the Gemara begins towards the bottom of the daf actually be one two three four five six seven eight Nine lines from the bottom. Just let's review quickly just some points that we didn't speak out on yesterday's daf. We learned in the Mishnah that the Kohen Gadol needed to stay up the entire night of Kippur in order that he should not fall asleep, so he does not have a seminal discharge and become a Baal Keri and therefore will be rendered Pasul for the Avodah. So it says the young Kohanim would snap in front of him. So we learned in the Gemara, at least according to Rashi, that the uh, snapping would be with the thumb and the index finger. Uh, the Gemara calls that etzba sedada. <coughs> and the Mekarachim, the Gemara explained why. It's because these two uh, fingers are called sarot to each other. Like two wives that are married to the same husband, like they're a pair or they're rivals really to each other. So too these two fingers. But I told, I spoke out yesterday that from the Tosfot Yishanim, he learns it's the thumb and the middle finger. So I questioned, why would it be called then Sarot? What's the uh, rivalry over here? So the explanation is that the index finger and the middle finger are rivals for the thumb. <clears throat> Which means, because it's next to the index finger, but you snap with the middle finger. So therefore the Tsarot, Zula Zu, is referring to the two fingers that are rivals to the uh, thumb itself. Furthermore, we said that in the event that he should fall asleep, or get tired and start to doze, so the Kohanim would tell the Kohen Gadol, Ishi Kohen Gadol, Amod Vehafeg Ahat Alaritzpa. Go up and put your feet on the floor. Now, the word Vehafeg, we understood it is in order to dispel, to dispel your drowsiness. By putting his foot on the cold floor, barefoot on the cold floor, it'll take away his sleep. But the word Vehafeg also, that she is understanding it to mean, and to do something amusing to do something uh, entertaining. And that's why the Gemara said that it was a double thing. He would stand on the floor, and then he would do acrobats, which means, like the rabbi said in the Gemara, he would do kidah by uh, uh, bending waist down, and then putting his thumbs on the ground, and lifting himself up, and that would uh, cause him again to remain awake. Comes the Gemara, and begins. And they would keep the Kohen Gadol busy. They would involve him until the morning, until the time of the Shekita of the Qurban Tamid. Rashi <coughs> says, With their uh, different methods of dispelling the sleep and tiyulehim, and they're entertaining him. Right, that's when dawn, uh, the uh, sun begins to rise. So then already he would start the service. Tana, we have a b'raita. Lo ayu masikin otop, lo benebel velo bechinor. Which means, when they used to uh, amuse him, they used to sing to him. But the Gemara says that they did not use instruments. Lo benebel, nebel would be a um, harp, and chinor uh, would be like a um, uh, violin. Ela bape. 
It would only sing to him verbally. What would they sing to him? What were the words of the song? So they would read the Pasuk in Tehillim. Which literally means, if Hashem does not build the Beit HaMikdash, or Hashem does not will the building of the Beit HaMikdash, the workers work for nothing in the Beit HaMikdash. What they were telling him is, be careful, Kohen Gadol, that if you mess up on your service on Kippur, and you don't do it the right way, Shav Amelu Bo the workers that spend so much time to build this Beit HaMikdash, it's for nothing, because it's going to be destroyed, because you did not do the service the proper way. So it's slash song, slash Musar, to the Kohen Gadol, in order that he remains alert for the Avodah. From the important people of Yerushalayim, they would not sleep the entire night. In order that Kohen Gadol will hear the uh, learning of these people, which is they would learn in the Beit HaMikdash area, and they would learn out loud. So the whole night the Kohen Gadol would hear the sounds of the Yakirei Yerushalayim studying Torah, so that would keep him up as well. In order that sleep will not overtake him. Tanya, we have a brighter. Abba Shaul Amar, Even outside of Eretz Yisrael, in Bavel, there was a minhag that people would stay up the whole night of Kippur, and to commemorate the minhag that used to be in the times of the Bet HaMikdash. However, the only problem was the Jews that stayed up all night, it brought them to sin. Specifically, this is referring to the Jews of the city of Nehavda'a. One time, Eliyahu and Navi had a conversation with Rav Yehuda, the brother of Rav Salah Hasida. So he said, Amritu amai lo ate Mashiach. Says, you're always wondering, you people, and you're saying, how come Mashiach didn't come yet? So the Arab says, I'll tell you why, because today is Kippur. And how many betulot, how many virgins were defiled on the night of Kippur? Which means, of course, that's Asur on uh, Yom Kippur as well as uh, any night unless it's for the purpose of marriage. He says, and look, you're asking why Mashiach is not coming. Look at the grave sins that are being committed in the Ardea on Lel Kippur. So you see what? What happened was by them staying up all night, it led to them to start socializing. The men were staying up and they started to socialize with the ladies all night and it led to problems. So the Anavi says, that's why you're wondering why the Mashiach is not coming. So comes the Gemara, look at the bottom line in Ashi, Ela Shayu Hotim, Mesahakim, Anashim, Venashim, Yahad, Ubaeen, Avera. It led to mixed, uh, mixed behavior. So comes the Gemara and says, Amar so Rabbi Yehuda tells the Yavanavi, Hakadosh Baruch Hu, my Amar. What is the Kadosh Baruch Hu saying at this over here? What, what's what's the Kadosh Baruch Hu's reaction? Abale, so he says, Lefeta Hatat Rovetz, which means uh, the Yetzirara is at the entrance of a person's heart, so to speak. Which means, Bore Olam understands that human beings are almost predis- predisposed to sin because God gave them a Yetzirara. So it's almost as if that Kadosh Baruch Hu is giving them the benefit of the doubt. And what could you do? The people uh, have a Yetzirara in them. Incidentally, the Gemara Baba Batra says that this was one of the claims that Iyov wanted to use in order to exempt the whole world from judgment. So what do you want, Bore Olam? You gave everybody a, uh, a Yetzirah. The Yetzirah is made out of fire and he's powerful. Of course, the refutation to that is that God also gave us the ability to overcome the Yetzirah. Like the Gemara Kedushin says, Barati Yetzirah, Barati Turatevalin. That with the Yetzirah, God gave us the uh, antidote to the Yetzirah, which is the study of Torah. And of course, human beings have free will to overcome it. In any event, Bore Olam takes the edge off of it and says, The sin is lurking at the gate. Which means the Yetzirah is very strong. So comes the Gemara and says, V'satan my Amar. So he said, now what is the Satan saying? Which means, on that day of Kippur, when the Jewish people are committing these sins, how is the Satan prosecuting? What is exactly he saying? So the Gemara says, On Yom Kippur, the Satan does not have any rights to prosecute. And one day a year, the Satan is off. So comes the Gemara and says, How do you know that? 
The word hasatan numerically equals 364. 364 days a year, the Satan has the ability to prosecute. One day a year, on Kippur, he has no rights to be Mastin. So I saw a, a, a beautiful explanation uh, on this over here, uh, that they say like this. It's first of all, the Tosfot Arosh. The Tosfot Arosh speaks out, that the Gemara doesn't mean that the Satan does not have the ability to prosecute uh, 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 sins at all, meaning sins that were committed on Kippur itself, he doesn't have the ability to prosecute. But the sins that we do all year, obviously he still has a mouthpiece on uh, Kippur as well. Now, it should be pointed out that really this gematria can be questioned, because you're taking the word Satan and you're adding a head to it. So you're saying Hasatan, which is really, you're adding an extra five to the, uh, to the count. So I saw a uh, beautiful explanation from one of the Mepharshim, based on a tour that's written in the laws of uh, Sukkot. He says like this, that really there's five days a year that the Satan is not Mekatrik. On Kippur, and four additional days. The days between Kippur and Sukkot, including the first day of Sukkot. When the Torah says, So the Midrash says, what is Yom HaRishon? It's Yom HaRishon, the Hajbon Avonot. Which means now already Yitzhak goes back into a person, and now we start. Because after Rosh Hashanah, after Kippur, people are busy. They're buying, building Sukkot, and they're the Lulav, and the Yitrog, and all the other mitzvot. So the Yitzhah is, uh, is, 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 is not effective on those days. So therefore, technically, the hair is not necessary. Which is, even if you take the hair out of the word, the Satan is not Mekatreg, the five days of the year. And therefore, <clears throat> it would be Kippur, plus the four days between, would be Kippur. And then you have right up to 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, exactly. exactly. It's the five days plus Kippur. Should be pointed out five days plus Kippur, because you're including the first day of Sukkot uh, according to the uh, according to this opinion. In any event, the <coughs> the, Gema, the Mishnah begins. Bechol yom tormim etamizbeiach bekriat gever o samuchlo ben lefanav ben laharav. So we have to discuss now a very important uh, ritual that was done every morning in the Beit HaMikdash. It was called Tirumat HaMizbeyah. Now what was that? The Pasuk says every morning the Kohen Gadol would get up and the first service of the day was Veherim Etadeshin. The ashes that were on the Mizbeyah from the night before, from all the Korbanot that were burning, he would take at least a comet's worth of ashes, he would actually take it with a shovel, with a mahta, and he would walk down the ramp, and he would place it on the floor of the azara, to the east of the ramp. You picture the mizbeah in your mind, you have the ramp going up to the mizbeah, he would walk down the ramp, next to the ramp on the eastern side, he would place the ashes, and miraculously, the Gemara says they would just swallow up into the ground, they would disappear. That this is of course a mitzvah uh, from the Torah, it's called again, haramat addition, it should uh, not be confused with hotza'at addition. Which means there were some times where, let's say, the Mizbeah had an excessive amount of ashes on it just from the uh, amount of Korbanot. So they would have to just remove the ashes and take it outside the city. So that's a different uh, procedure. This was a daily procedure we're talking about over here called Aramat Adeshin. Now, the Mishnah says, Bechol yom tormin bekriat When the Gever calls out. Now we're going to see in the Gemara, there's going to be a Mahlokit, which we also learned in Masechet Shekalim, what does Kiriyat Gever mean? Does it mean that they had an actual man that was in charge of announcing that it's time to uh, do the Tirumat uh, Or was it a rooster that used to uh, make its uh, you know, uh, uh, sound in the morning, right at the crack of dawn, and that would be the signal for the uh, Kohen. So again, either it is Kiryat HaGeber, a person, or a rooster. Now it says, they would do the Tirumah of the Mizbeach 
at Kiryat Geber, or Samuklo, or close to Kiryat Geber, Ben Lefana Ben Laharav. Which means you didn't have to do it exactly at Kiryat Geber. You could have done it either before or after. Comes the Mishnah Kadesh, Yom Kippurim, Mahatsot. But on Yom Kippurim, already from midnight, the Kohen would do the Tiruma of the Mizbeah, would clean the, or take the ashes off the Mizbeah. Uberegalim, Mashmura, Rishonah. And on the holidays, Pesach, Shabuot, Sukkot, after the first watch. Now, if you remember, we learned in the Sechet Berachot, that according to one opinion in the Gemara, there's three watches of the night. Now, these night represent these watches represent different things that are taking place in the heavens by the Malachim. However, there's just like there's uh, things that take place in the heavens during these three watches, the three watches also on, on earth have significance. So, the, after the first third of the night... So at that time, that's when the Mizbeah uh, was done, that the ashes were taken off on the Regalim. And on the Regalim, by the time the morning came, and the Geber would call out, The Azara was filled with B'nai Israel all coming to bring their Korbanot. So obviously on the holidays, there was a tremendous influx of people that would come to the Bet HaMikdash. Let's read Rashi on this Mishnah. Tormin et hamizbeach. Hadeshin, top line. Hadeshin, the ashes, shu chotem in hadeshin b'machte, pamachat. Right? He takes from the ashes that are on the mizbeach, what they shovel, one time. Ben rav lemachat. It doesn't matter. It takes a lot at one time or a little. Bilbad, shelo yifchot mimlo komets. As long as it doesn't take less than a shiur of a komet. What do we like a handful? V'notno b'mizracho shil kevish. And they place it on the eastern side of the ramp. V'nibla b'mkomo. And it would miraculously get swallowed up in its place. Shina emar. V'erim et adeshin v'samo esel hamizbeach. V'yafinu l'kaman v'erim mimenu b'kumso. They make a gezerah shavah, because it also says by the minha, veherim mimenu bekumso, so veherim and haramah, v'yayta tehillat avodat shaharit bashkamah, that was the first service that was done in shaharit in the morning. Samukh lo, samukh likriyat ha-gebed, lifnei kriyato o lahariyah, either before or after. B'yom ha-kipurim toreh ma'atzot, he does it much earlier, he does it from midnight. U'birgalim ma'ashmura rishona, shihi b'shlishit alayla, that's the end of the first third of the night, k'da'amar b'masichet b'rachot, gimul mishmarot havi halayla. The Gemara is going to explain the difference why every day it's done in the morning, where on Kippur it's done at midnight, and where on the Regalim it's done at, um, after, the first. after the first watch. But by the time the Gebr would announce in the morning on the Regalim, that was filled with Bnei Israel and Mevi'im Korbenotehem that were bringing the Korbanot liyot mezumanim lakriman nachal tamid miyad because you can't bring your personal Korbanot until the Korbanot tamid was brought so everybody would you know file into the Azanav the Bet Hamikdash waiting for the Korbanot tamid to be brought and right away they would bring their personal Korbanot now we are going to discuss now in our Gemara a subject as following. We have a rule. All korbanot can only be sacrificed during the day. Right? The avodah is pisula balayla. Now when we say during the day, the main thing is that the animal is slaughtered during the day, and the blood is sprinkled during the day. However, the, that's already atones, and that brings kapara. The burning of the meat itself can start during the day, but can even continue throughout the entire night. Now, we are going to discuss uh, a situation over here where you have some meat that is on the Mizbeah, meat, let's say, attached to the bone, that was put on the Mizbeah to be burning all night, and it fell off the Mizbeah. So now the discussion is, when do you have to put it back, and when don't you have to put it back? So the, the general rule is going to be, if it burnt so much already where it turned into ashes, and it fell off the Mizbeah, it's finished, it's burnt already. There's no purpose, you don't have to put it back on the Mizbeah. If it didn't burn, meaning that there's still some meat even on the uh, Mizbeah, on the meat, on the bone itself, then everybody agrees, you gotta, you got to put it back. You did, not, you did not get the full burning of the meat. Our discussion over here is going to be one specific case. Where let's say the meat already burnt off the bone, and the bone itself is also burnt, but it did not turn into, let's say, charcoal yet. 
So it's like, uh, it's burnt, but it's not fully burnt yet into ashes. And then, from the, from the excessive heat that was on the Mizbeah, it just popped off the Mizbeah. Now it's on the floor. So the question is, do you have to put it back on the Mizbeah? Or do you say, no, it's burnt enough, and it's okay. So that's going to be the discussion of the uh, Gemara. <clears throat> Again, so we're talking about the bones that became very dry, from the heat, however, they did not yet become like charcoal. So comes the Gemara and says, "Tenan hatam." We learned over there. That's in Masechet Zevachim. Evarim shepakru me'al You have the limbs that literally popped off the mizbeach, right? Because of the excessive heat. So now the Gemara says, "Kodem hasot yazir." Before Hatzot, before midnight, you have to take them and put them back. Again, we're specifically talking about the bones that lost their meat because they got burnt, but the bone itself did not become a charcoal. So therefore, it's not burnt enough according to this. Before Hatzot, you got to stick it back on the Mizbeah. And it will be subject to the laws of Mi'ila, which is anything that's considered Kodesh, that a person uses for personal uh, benefit or personal usage, He's, and he does it Beshogeg, of course, he is subject to the sin of the Torah of Mi'ila. And therefore we'd have to bring a Qurban to atone for that as well. So since it's still Kodesh, because it still has the status of a Qurban, so before Hatzot, you got to throw it back on the Mizbeah. Le'achar Hatzot, lo yahzir. But after Hatzot already, it's... You do not have to return it on the Mizbeah. Which means, if it fell off the Mizbeah after Hatzot, that's when it fell off. It fell off after Hatzot. It was on the Mizbeah already through Hatzot. Now it fell off. You do not have to return it. And for that matter, it seems the Mizbeah was done already. And once the Mizbeah is done already, it doesn't have any more status of Kiddushah. Therefore, if you use that bone, it's not going to be subject to the law of Me'ilah. Let's read Rashi. Well, Rashi starts off in the Gemara with the words Ahecha Kaimeh. We don't know how to have that Girsa, and Rashi himself also deletes those words from the uh, text. So let's just continue. The right Girsa is like we have it. We learned in Zavachim, Evarim Shepak, Ovim Mishnah Masrit Zavachim, and Metoch Pekihotam, because they pop, Kofsim Venoflim in a Ma'arakha. They fall off, they jump and fall off the Mizbayah. Kodem Hatsot Laila. Okay, it falls off before Hatzot Laila, Mu'alim Bahim. The Kodim Hatzot, Eno Hashuv Ikul Be'evet, Shiyesh Bo Adayin Mamash. Which means, as long as the bone still is a bone, meaning it's still not charcoal yet, and it's before Hatzot, it's not considered that it got eaten by the Mizbayah. And therefore, the Fichach Sarik La'asirol Ma'arakha. You gotta put it back on the Mizbayah. Ve'chevan Shalon Asid Kod Mitzvatan, since the Mitzvah yet was not completed, it's still called the Kodesh of Hashem. And therefore, anybody that benefits from it is going to be subject to the laws of Hatzot. But after Hatzot, why? She gives us a klal. Which means once the bone was on the Mizbeah through Hatzot, Hatzot makes it ikul. Hatzot makes it as if it is burnt. Which means it doesn't matter. Once it reaches that stage, on the Mizbeah through Hatzot, it's considered done. Shema shlabo ha'ur. Even though there's still some mamashut left. Even though there's still some substance left. It doesn't matter. Well, after Hatzot, there's no me'ila. Why? Like we learned... Just giving you the Hagot Abah. Anything that a mitzvah was done to it, the mitzvah is over, Because now there's no purpose for Gavoa anymore. There's no need for Kiddushah anymore, because it's done. It's not considered the things of Kiddushah of Hashem. What does it say by the law of Me'ilah? And therefore, since after Hatzot, which is once something goes on the Mizbeah through Hatzot, and it's already burnt, even though there's some Mashu left to it, it's considered done already. The Mitzvah is completed. So that's the Gemara's Kedush. So the Gemara asks, How do you know this? Which is, you need a biblical source to teach us that there's a difference between before Hatzot or after Hatzot. So the Gemara says, Okay, we have Pesukim. What does it say? Amar Rav. Rav said, Katuvi Hadomer. One pasuk says, Kol and the end of that pasuk is obviously, 
the Boker. I'll read you the whole Pasuk. It's right in the beginning of Parashat Sav. Sav et Aaron ve et Panav Nemor. Zot Torah Ta'ola. Hi Ha'ola al Mokedal Mizbeah kol al-Layla. At the Boker. Jeez, the bones of the Korban Ola remain on the Mizbeah kol al-Layla at the Boker. Until the morning. So that is one Pasuk. Kol al-Layla... Viktir. And what does the Pasuk continue? And it says that, uh, again, by, uh, by what Pasuk it says, that what? That yeah, we have an obligation to uh, burn the uh, bones on the Mizbayah the entire night. It doesn't say the word Viktir in the Pasuk, but we know that's what it's talking about, Haktara. Because it says it stays on the Mizbayah the whole night. And the fire of the Mizbayah will burn through it. So by Haktara, we know you have the whole night. Now, we have another pasuk that talks about the harama. That's right after that. That talks about the taking the ashes of the mezbeah. Kol halayla. Right? The whole night. So now, we have a discrepancy in the pasukim over here. One pasuk tells us that the burning takes place the whole night. That's mashma, that there's a mitzvah to keep it on the mezbeah, these bones, all night long. But we have another pasuk that says that the mitzvah harama is also kolalayla. Now it doesn't say kolalayla in the pasuk of harama, but from the fact that it's juxtaposed to the pasuk of haktara, that's kolalayla. So the Gemara says just like haktara is kolalayla, harama is also kolalayla, which means that all night it's permissible to make harama. How is that possible? If it has to be haktara, how can you do harama? Again, if the bones are supposed to be on the mitzvah the whole night. How could you make haraman? How could you take the ashes of these things and put them next to the mezbeah? You had to wait till the night is over. So how could you have simultaneous mezbah, haktara and harama the entire night? So the Gemara says, Haketzad, how do you reconcile this? Halkehu, split it. Chetzio lehaktara vechetzio leharama. Which means split the night into two. Which means uh, split half the night for haktara and after night four, harama. How? Look at the bottom Rashi. Hatsiola Akhtara, She'eno Ikul, which is the bones that did not totally get uh, consumed, the impact, and they fell off the Mizbayah, Sarikh La'azir Laktil. And what is that? That is before Hatsot. The Hatsiola Harama. And then the half. The second half is for Arama, meaning halan from Chatzot and on Karui Deshin. Anything that's on the Mizbeah from Chatzot and on, it has a status called Deshin. Alma, Chatzot Mishabiyah Le'ikul. Obviously you see the Chatzot turns the bones from bones into Deshin, into ashes. So again, obviously we have a Stiran Pesukim over here. You can't have Akhtara Kola Layla and Arama Kola Layla. So if we split the Layla, until Chatzot, that's the mitzvah of Haktara. And therefore, anything that falls off the Mizbayah before Chatzot, got to put it back. Because it's not considered yet Mi'ukal, it's not considered consumed. However, once Chatzot passes, whatever's on the Mizbayah is considered Mi'ukal. Even if a bone pops off, doesn't matter. You don't have to put it back. The mitzvah was done. But beginning at that point from Chatzot and on, it would be permissible to make harama. Meaning the Kohen can go on the Mizbeah, take the ashes with the Mahta, put it next to the Mizbeah on the eastern side, and that's uh, fine. Now let's read the Rashi's here, just to catch up. Look at the Rashi's a little earlier. Minane mile, the Chatzot Oseikud. How do you know that at Chatzot, already anything that's on the Mizbeah is considered consumed? Kola Laila Vektir. He ha'ola al mokeda kol alayla. Right, that's why the korban ola that says its bones will remain on the mizbeach the entire night. Alma kol alayla mitzvah liyot al mokeda. Right, you that pasuk is smart, but the whole night it's a mitzvah to be on the mizbeach. Alma kol alayla avi akterat evarim that the entire night is for aktera. Va'afilu. We just put the Yagota Bar in there. Vafidu impakah masha'ala mukad, which is masha even if something fell off the Mizbayah after Hatzot, masha you have to put it back based on that Pasuk. Hashiv, Alma, Kola, Hashiv, Kirikul, Bekali Basara, Ola, 
Deshin, Mishemash Tabu Ahud Vekashil Arimo. And Deshin is only going to be Deshin when it totally becomes turned into ashes. And the Gibbah's answer to the question is no, split it. Half the night before Hatzot, half the night after Hatzot. Comes again and says, cannot be. Mativ Ravkana, Ravkana is the question actually from our Mishnah. Bechol yom tor minitam is beyah bikriyata gevir or samuklo. We learned in our Mishnah that every day the Kohen would uh, take the ashes off the Mizbeach when the Gevin would call out. Whether before, Ben Lefanav, Ben Laharav. And Kippur already he would do it from midnight. Here's the question right now. On the Regalim, we said already he did it from the first watch. Now the first watch is before Hatzot. I mean, the first watch could be uh, at uh, 10 o'clock at night. Which means it's, 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 it's a few hours before Hatzot. And if you're telling me that the Harama doesn't start until Hatzot proper, how could you do it before Hatzot? So therefore, this derasha, the Gemara says, is refuted from the Rosh Mishnah. Once again, our derasha was what? That up until Hatzot, Haktara. Once Hatzot starts, the Mitzvah Harama begins. Ah, it's very good. But how can the Mishnah then say that under the Galim, you do it from the end of the first Asmura? That's already before Hatzot. So therefore, your understanding of the times over here do not work out. Now, you see in parentheses over here the words Vehechi Ma'aharinan. The Gemara's, it's in parentheses obviously, and she takes this, these words out. Which means the Gemara's question over here would be, and how do you bring it later? Now that she says that's not a question. Later than Chatzot, I have no problem. Which is if the mitzvah starts at Chatzot on a normal day, we did it at Kiryat Hagevet. Yeah. Right, that's not a question. It starts at Chatzot. You can do it the whole day. But the Tosafot keeps the Girsa in. Look at the top Tosafot. Hechi Magdeminan vehechi meacharinan. Rashi lo garas hechi meacharinan. Vener Eli de Shapir garasle. You keep the Girsa. The keban does not kavua mechatzot veila. If you tell me that the time of the harama is from chatzot, hechi magdemina beregalim. Good. How could you do it before on the regalim? Ubchol yom hechi meacharin. And on every day, how did you do it after chatzot? Why? The mashma shele olam ayu regalim letrom letrom beklotageber samuchlo belefanav umelaharav. On a daily basis, when do they do the harama? In the morning. By kriyategeber. Kriyat HaGeber is in the morning, like by dawn. A little before, a little after, but the point is they did it after Hasot. So Tosfot says, Ba'amai, ha-zirizin magdimim le-mitzvot. What do you mean? We have a principle, zirizin magdimim le-mitzvot. People that are zealous, you can't do the mitzvah at the first time possible. For example, Tosfot says, the Qur'an Tamid, you're able to bring it until the fourth hour. But they never waited to the fourth hour to bring the Qur'an Tamid. They always brought it right away first thing in the morning. So Tosfot keeps the Girsah. They get what I was saying like this. If you're telling me that the earliest time to do the mitzvah of Haramat Adeshin is Hatzot, number one, how did they do it before Hechi Magdiminan and Dirigalim? Vehechi Me'acharinan, how did they do it after every day? Zirizi Magdimim, the mitzvot. So comes the Gemara and says, Ela Amar Rabbi Yohanan. Now, whenever you see the word Ela, Ela obviously is a rejection of the last proof. And now we're going back to question, uh, uh, or bring a proof for our principle. What principle? We're trying to prove now, how do you know, again, that uh, if you have bones that fell off the Mizbeach before Hatzot, you got to put them back. After Hatzot, you keep them on. The derasha that you brought us till now does not work out. So the Yohanan now is going to have to produce to us, for us, another derasha for this hadush to be understood. So comes again and says, Ela Amar Yohanan. Mimash Emar. It says in the Pasuk, Kol Halayla. By the case of Haktara, it says that the bones of the Ola, Allah Mizbeach, Kol Halayla. Enu Yodeya Shehu Ada Boker. Well, obviously, if it's kola laila, why does the pasuk have to end off and say kola laila ada boker? Obviously, if it's kola laila the whole night, doesn't that mean until the morning? The whole night means the whole night. So why does the pasuk have to be redundant and say kola laila ada boker? Umatamudomar ada boker. What does it mean ada boker? Ten boker lebakeroshe laila, which means you're right. Kola laila will tell you the morning. 
However, when it says Adab Bokir, Bokir is preempting you, which is the Bokir of the Laila. Which is, if, if Laila ends at dawn, do it in the Bokir of the Laila. When is the morning of the night, so to speak? The Gabriel can say Hatsot. Which means, by the fact that it says Bokir, it pushes you up a few hours to the early part of the night, which would take you to, let's say, Hatsot. Hilkach, so the Gabriel says, so, oh, so let, let, let's read Rashi for a second. Fourth line, Elam Adab Yohanan. Don't learn it like we learned above, that the first half is Haktana, and the second half is Harama. Elawan, I'll tell you, the whole night is for Haktana. And just like the whole night is for Haktana, the whole night is for Harama. What do you mean whole night? Meaning once already sunset. You have the whole night to do these. And if you don't have a question before, how did you make harama from the end of the first Ashmura? Just like Haktaraz Kola Laila, Haktaraz also Kola Laila. Therefore, if you want to do it from the first Ashmura, it's no problem. Also, what am I telling you, Hasot? What does this Hasot factor come in? The Hasot factor is going to tell me bones that jumped off the Mizbeah before Hasot. <coughs> So then already the bones have to be at least on the Mizbeah, at the Bokir. And what is at the Bokir? Till Hatsot. But once already they were on the Mizbeah, through Hatsot, even if they fell off, it's going to be okay. So we're not discussing the time of Haktara and the time of Harama. That's called Alayla. <clears throat> the fact that it says at the Bokir just tells me there is a cutoff at Hatsot, the Gabe, bones that were on the Mizbeah. Let's read in that in Nashi. Lotema, Hatsiolekach, Hatsiolekach. Don't tell me like you learned above. Half for Haraman, half for Haktara. Ela hachidari shakatuf. Hechsher kola laila. It's kosher the whole night. Ben Haktara she'en me'ukalim. Which means, <coughs> bones or meat that did not become consumed, you have the whole night technically for it to become consumed. Ben Harama. Meaning, im yesh deshen me'ukal. Let's say it became ashes already at 10 o'clock at night. No problem. Harama is... Permissible. Again, because we know that the Pasuk of Harama is written right next to the Pasuk of Haktara. So whatever your time frame for Haktara is, our time frame is going to be for Harama. The Hatsot, the Oseh Ikul Be'evarim, Shemashla Be'hemaur, the Hadush we're bringing from this Pasuk is that a bone that became burnt, even though it did not become charcoal yet, right? just the fire caught it, and it was on Mizbeah at Hatsot, once it's Hatsot already, it's considered consumed. How do you know that? Mehacha nafka. Mimash mashneimar baktera kola laila. Amokeda. Any you there? Shad aboker karui laila. Don't I know? Ad aboker. Ad aboker means the whole night. Umatamudomar ad aboker. Ten ashkama acheret lebakeroshe laila. Which means do the boker of the laila. Preempt the night a little earlier. How? Bokeroshe laila. Now the regular boker of the laila is when who alot ashachar. It's dawn. When, when, when is the end of the night? In the morning, So if it just would have said in the pasuk, Ada Laila, Kola Laila, that means until dawn. However, it said Ada Boker, Venatan Lecha Katuv Bo Boker Acher. The pasuk gave you an additional Boker. Lomar She'en Sarich Latir Min Hashkama Da'ilach, which means you don't have to uh, burn uh, the bones the entire night. No, that didn't tell us how early. No, we say must be a given a standard point, which would be Hatsot Since the whole night is Kashir Farama, Kabu Hakamim Zmana, Hakol the Fishab, the whole Yom, the Lone Fishi Korbanot, the Ravle Mayom, Bekrota Gever Sagi, which is now we're going to discuss Harama the whole night Mutar, Hakara the whole night Mutar. Hatsot, that's a pivotal point. Bones that were on the Mizbeh through Hatsot, it's considered already Mukhtar. Uh, uh, and therefore, technically, once it's considered Mukhtar, you can use those for Harama. Because now it's, it's past the Mizbeh of Hatsot. Now you can use it for the Mizbeh of Harama Tadesh, which anyway can be done all night. Now I think I'm going to have to solve one more dilemma. The dilemma is, why then every day you do it in the morning, the Harama? On Kippur you do it at Hatsot. On the Regalim you do it at uh, first Ashmuna. What's the logic of changing this man of Harama 
three or four different times during the year. So the Gemara says, Hilkach, one, two, three, four, five lines down. Hilkach, Bechol Yom, Tor Minita Mizbeh Bikrat Hagever, Osamuk Lo Bemelfanab Bemelacharav, Sagya. Which means on a regular day where the Beit HaMikdash is not so busy, so you don't have to do it so early, the Harama. The Kohen on a regular day doesn't have that much work that's going to be overwhelming for him. So therefore, no problem. Wait till the morning and make the Haramat uh, Adesha before he brings the Korban, Tamid. However, on Kippur, the Kohen Gadol has a lot of work that day. And the Kohen Gadol is going to become weak. So therefore, we'd rather split up the Avodot that they're not back to back to each other. So therefore, what do we tell them? You know, already when he's still up, he's up all night anyway. So we you know, start the work already at Hatzot. So we let him go at Hatzot, clean the uh, Mizbeah, not clean it, but take the, uh, the Eshazov and put it next to the Mizbeah. So at least in the morning, it's one less Avodah that he has to do, because we don't want him to be tired in doing all the Avodot. That's why we preempted on Kippur. Ubir Galim, Denefishi Yisrael, Denefishi Korbanot, and under the Galim, that there's a lot of Jews, like we learned, by the morning already the Azara was filled with Jews, and there's plenty of korbanot, avdinan Already they bring it, they do the harama from the first ashmura, meaning on the galim, everybody's bringing korbanot. There was an abundant amount of korbanot. Like Rashi tells us, uh, if you look at Rashi, Dibura Mathil, the Nefishi korbanot. There was tremendous amount of ashes on the Mizbeah from all the Korbanot that were brought. What they used to do is, they used to make a mound of ashes. Uh, they used to pile up in the center. And we're going to read now that she was very tall. And they did that on purpose. They would leave the ashes there throughout the holiday so everybody could see it. Because it was like a, a, a kavot to the Mizbeah. Look at Klai Yisrael, look how many kurbanot they're bringing. Look at the mound of ashes that are around the Mizbeah. Like we're not in Masechet Tamid. Ma'alina efe the tapuah. Tapuah is like the center of the Mizbeah, like into a mound. The tapuah hu gal shil efer, kemin tapuah shil anavim. It's like a bundle of grapes, handedrach begat. Like when you take the grapes before they would crush them, they put a whole pile of grapes. So that's what it looked like—a big, big pile in the center. Shesham can su efesh of kol yemotahag. Vu beemsa mizbeach. O peamim shua alav kegimel meot kud. We read this in Shekadim. Sometimes its weight was three hundred kud. Now, of course, that is an exaggeration. Lefichak sanik lagdim letrom asmurari shona. Therefore, in order to give the kohen a chance to do get that out of the way. We don't want to delay because a lot of Qurban have to be brought. So therefore, you know what? Let him do it already from the uh, night, uh, from the first uh, Ashmura, and it, uh, it's done already because there was uh, so much uh, ashes on the Mizbeah. So by the first Ashmura, you had stuff that was burnt already, which means you need ashes to do the Harama. So since there was so much ashes on the Mizbeah from the, because there was so many Qurbanot, already he was able to do it earlier because something for sure had to burn by that point, and he would take it and put it on the side of his bayah. So once the morning came, there was no delay. Everybody can bring their korbanot immediately, like the Gemara says. Gemara says, Kedektari ta'ama, like we learned in the Mishnah, Lo ha'ita kriyata geber magad ad cha'ita azara mil'am Yisrael. By the time kriyata geber on the regalim came, <coughs> the azara was filled with klai Yisrael, and their uh, korbanot. Now, wait, had to be the Kohen Gadol who did it the oh, whole year? Oh, so that's the, that's the question of the Bantu Safot. That's what I'm just going to say now. We said on Kippur, the reason why we do it is in order to give the Kohen Gadol who's going to get tired, so we preempted, we do it at Hatzot. So it comes to the Bantu Safot and says, Meshum Kulshad the Kohen Gadol, Abdinam Mehatzot, Mashma, Da'afil Terubat Adeshen, Shi Avodat Alayla, Ena Keshira Elabo. Tosfot is making a hadush over, he's saying it's master from the way we're learning this Gemara, that we know the service of Kippur has to be only done by Kohen Gadol, of Kippur. Now, normally we understand the service of the day, but now we're learning, according to this Gemara, even the service of the night 
has to be done only by Kohen Gadol, because Haramat Adeshin is done at night. And in order to give him a break between what he's going to do at night to the morning, so we do it a little earlier so he can have a rest in between. So comes to Tosfot and says, He's says, no, no, no. Take out the words Kohen Gadol in the Gemara. We have Mishum Chulshad the Kohen Gadol. He says, no, that's not the uh, Girsa. Elachi Garsina, Mishum Chulshad the Kohen. Meaning, Stam, because we don't want the Kohen to become tired. Kodem, Shakohen Torem, Yeh Halash. Wow. If you're going to tell it the Kohen Gadol had to do this harama, yes, go to the Mikveh first. Before you do any of the service, you got to go to the Mikveh. And the Mishnah we know tells us you only went to the Mikveh five times. What do you mean? According to this, he actually went to the Mikveh six times. So just like you're telling me that the Kohen Gadol did the service, it should tally up in the. Mikveh count. And if it's Vegas, he doesn't. Tosfo wants to say this is not talking about the Kohen Gadol. And let's talk about a regular Kohen that uh, I guess he's staying up uh, all night as well with the Kohen. So they wanted to let him do it a little earlier. So comes the Tosfo and then says on the, on the, on, on the fourth line, He says, No. Keep the word Kohen Gadol in the Gemara. Telahachim magtemel letrom the sederem arachav sleka evarim shalot akelu kedesh yimsa Kohen Gadol mezuman kol mas shesarich miyad kishyale amud ashachar kodem shiyer raev vechalash. Which means you could say that it's the girsa uh, uh, that what Kohen Gadol, and the reason why you do it earlier uh, to do the haramat hadeshin is that the Kohen Gadol will be available immediately in the morning once Amud HaShahar comes because Shisarik Miyad Shisarik HaShahar Kodim Shirahai Bahalash which is normally they would do it in the morning right? Uh, the reason why they're doing it at night this time over here is because a regular Kohen Gadol not the Kohen Gadol but if a regular Kohen is going to do it closer to the morning, so it's going to delay the Qurban Tamid, and the Kohen Gadol is going to get hungry because he's not eating. So we want the Kohen Gadol to bring the Qurban Tamid the earliest time possible before the hunger sets in. So therefore we let a regular Kohen do the Harama at night, so the Kohen Gadol will not become tired, meaning so he'll bring the Qurban Tamid at the first uh, time during the day. So according to the both ends of Tosafot, it's the regular Kohen that's doing the Harama. This is according to the first Gersah, take out the word Kohen Gadol. According to the second Gersah, no, Chodshah the Kohen Gadol. By doing the Harama early, the Kohen Gadol will be less tired at the time that he's doing his Qurban Tamid. But according to Rashi, no. It's much better that the Kohen Gadol needed to do the Harama itself, and uh, that's what the concern was. Comes the Gemara and continues. My Kiryat Geber. Okay, now we go back to the Gemara. What was this Kiryat Geber? Now we said in the morning, uh, they would call out. Rav Amar Kara Gabra. Rav says, yeah, there was a person that actually called out and announced, it's time to do the Harama. Rabbi Shila Amar Kara Tanegula. No, it's the rooster. Rav Ikla Atred Rabbi Shila. One time Rav found himself in the place of Rabbi Shila. Rabbi Shila did not have an interpreter. In the olden days, uh, the rabbis used to speak Lashon HaKodesh. The people used to speak Aramaic. So they would have an interpreter next to them. So the rabbi would say over the Didre Torah to the interpreter in Lashon HaKodesh, and then he would broadcast it, the interpreter to the people in Aramaic. So Rav came to the Beit Midrash of the Bishera. That day the Bishera did not, did not have an interpreter. So Rav... Uh, filled in and he became the interpreter of Rabbi Shela. So that's what it means. Lohava Amora. There was not an interpreter in order to interpret the words of Rabbi Shela. Right? So Rav now uh, starts to explain. Which means Rabbi Shela in the course of the Shi'ur said in Lashon HaKodesh, Kiryat Geber. Also, when Rav heard the words. He interpreted like he says it. He says, oh, Karagabra. That's the fellow calling out. Hold it. Hey, you're interpreting it wrong. You should, meaning you should say the calling of the rooster. 
So we told him, Abub lehare zamar, the flute for free people, meaning people that are rich or successful, uh, it is music. The flute is music to free people. Legardae lo mekabluha mine. However, for the gardae, uh, that's the uh, the weavers, which is the menial class, they do not accept it. Which means they're not accustomed to good music, so they, they don't accept the uh, they don't accept the uh, the flute. Which means only a hashul person can appreciate, let's say, the flute, right? But you give it to the gardai, give it to the weaver, he can't appreciate it. Which he's trying to tell him. So what are you talking about? I, I'm telling you the right interpretation, and you're you're giving me a, a different interpretation. Look at that she. Look at that she. Abu Bahare Zamar. Halil, the flute, Shu Hashuv Nehorim. That's you know, Hashuv in front of free people. Zemin Arev. It's a sweet and enjoyable sound. The Gardae Lo Kablu Amine. Ba it's a but go in front of the weavers, the low class. And go start playing the flute in front of them. Eh, they don't appreciate it. Jeez, I said over this Hadush Kiryat Geber that it's Karagabra, I said it over in front of very important rabbis and didn't say anything. Now I come and say it over in front of you and you don't accept it. You don't appreciate it? It's like, yeah, just like, like, like a weaver. You can't appreciate good music? Yeah, I said this over in front of more important people. Also, Rav gave it to him. So Gabra says, is when I used to uh, learn with Rabbi Hiya, Umifarshina, my Kiryat Geber, Karagabra. I explained Kiryat Geber means Karagabra. Velo Amali Velamide. And he didn't correct me, he didn't say anything. Veat Amarti Ema Krata Negoda. And you're telling me, no, better you should say Krata Negoda, it's the rooster? So the Gabra says, Amarle Mornihu Rav. Says, oh, you're uh, Rav, which means you're the uh, nephew of Rabbi Hiya. That you used to be the interpreter of Rabbi Hiya, which is very hashuf. Nenah mor, nenah mor. You don't have to interpret for me. I'm not Raui to have you as my interpreter. Because he realizes, oh, you're uh, Rav, you're the nephew of uh, Rabbi Hiya. No, 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 no. You, you don't, uh, I don't deserve. I'm not as great. Look at Rashi. That you interpret in front of your uncle. Ninah mor. Lech v'shev b'chmotcha. It's not kavod for you to serve me. She'eni kedai she'tem betul gemani. It's not, not worthy for you to be my interpreter, my translator. Amar le, so Rav answers. Amre inshev. The people say like this, which means if you hired somebody for the day, if you hired somebody for the day to do work, even if he ends up after doing menial work, like uh, combing the, uh, the, uh, the hair of, the, of the, the wool of the sheep, that's what it is, that's what it is. That she says, top first white line, if you were hired, right, to work for a day, any work that the Malabai gives you, even if it's something that's menial, like a combing the wool, it's like a, it's like a woman's work. Do it. Listen, I started already. It might be beneath me, but uh, like uh, that's the, the saying that goes. And even if you end up doing menial work, but to hide you for the day, so continue it. So come to Gemara and says, Some say I've told them, Once already you elevate the derasha, and therefore you're giving an interpretation of Rav, you can't lower it. Rashi learned it was going on the derasha. Look at Rashi. Second line. Velo muridin, genai ha-derasha. It's a genai to the derasha. Hu she'ered ani v'yakum pachot me'mini le'gobra. Meaning he wasn't talking about himself. 
He was saying, but for the Dirasha, we started the Devrei Torah with a certain level. Now, to lower the level of the Dirasha with a different interpreter, so therefore it's not proper. Tanya kibateh derav, tanya kibateh der bishela. Okay, now we're going to bring two brayto. One brayto to prove rav, that is kara gabra, and one brayto to prove the bishela, that is kara tanegola. Tanya kibateh derav, we learned this in Masechet Shekalim, givini karuz. The fellow's name in the Beit HaMikdash that used to be the announcer in the morning was Givini Ma'u Omer. Now, what would Givini say? Emdu Kohanim La'avodatchem. My Kohanim rise for your service. V'nevi'im le'duchanchem. And v'nevi'im to stand and sing by the Duchan. V'yisrael le'ma'amotchem. And Yisrael would stand by the Korban to watch the Korban Tabid being brought. V'ayak kolon nishma'am b'shalosh parsa'ot. And Givini's voice was so strong that you were able to hear it three parsaot away. Ma'aseh ba'agrifa samerech. There was a story with Agrifas the king. Shaya ba'abadirich. He was walking on the road. Beshamah kono begimu parsaot. He heard the voice of Givini three parsaot away. Ukshema libeto. When he came home, shigir lo matanot. Agrifas was impressed. So he sent Givini gifts for the uh, talent that he had in broadcasting such a, uh, such a, long, such a loud voice. Va'afal pichin, he says, you should know, as loud as Givini was, Kohen Gadol mishubach memenu. The Kohen Gadol was actually more praiseworthy. Da'amar mor, because we learned, Uchbar Amar, Ana Hashem. When the Kohen Gadol was making vidui on Yom Kippur, one of the things he said was, Ana Hashem, right, making the vidui. V'nishma kolo biriho. His voice would be able to be heard all the way to Yericho. How far was that? It's ten parsa all the way, which did you think of any other loud voice? The Kohen Gadol and Kippur, when he said, Anna Hashem, they heard his voice all the way to Yericho. Now, and first of all, the Kohen Gadol was much weaker than Givineh. Because the going at all has chutzat because he's fasting. And still his voice was louder. And furthermore, the Kabbalah assumes that voices or sound travels further during the night. <coughs> and the Kohen Gadol, he was saying the Anna Hashem by day, and still it was heard all the way to Yericho. The Amar Levi, the Levi said, in <clears throat> Why isn't a person's voice heard as far in the day as it is heard at night? Because of the sun. The sun through the sky is like chopping through the sky. Like a wood chopper that's chopping uh, wood which means like they're making the, the noise when you're chopping the, uh, the wood. So the same thing, the sun is chopping through the sky. And this, the rays that come out of the sun, the name of those rays are called La. See, the sparks that you see coming out of the sun, that's like the sawdust, that when the uh, carpenter is cutting the uh, wood. So you see like the sawdust? So the Gemara is saying that the sparks that come out of the sun, that's like the sawdust of the sun, so to speak, and it's called La. La Shemeh. And that's what Nebuchadnezzar said. All the people in the universe, they're compared to La, which is in, in comparison to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, they're like the sawdust of the sun, they're like those little sparks. So the, the kela in that pasuk is not no. La is referring to a specific item that those little rays of the sun. But what's our point? The point is that you see over here <coughs> that Givini had a loud voice. His voice was heard three parsaot. Whereas the Kohen Gadol, his voice was heard already ten parsaot. So what do you see over here? But it was a real human being. Givini was a human being. It wasn't a rooster. So that's a proof to Ra. Now, the Tosfot on Chaf Aleph Amud Rishon, Tosfotim of were out of order, Vayak Kolon Nishma B'Shalosh Parsaot, second Tosfot. 
אמר, בפרש שלישי לתמיד, תנמיד יכו היו שומעים כל גביני כרוז. רואים, אם הסקר תמיד, it says they heard גביני's voice all the way to יריחו. So how come you tell me over here that's only three פרסאות? So Tosfot answers, ויש לומר, תביות פרסאות היו מבינים אל הכל הברה בעלמא. Which means, yeah, you heard Givini's voice to Yericho, but it wasn't clear. You just heard noise. But within three parasaot, you were able to hear it clearly. The difference of the Kohen Gadol was you were able to hear it clearly in Yericho. That's the, that's the difference. Now, Tosafot answers a different answer, and he wants to say, not over here, by uh, in Masechet Tamid, he says that in the Kenameh, the... Gemara that says that Givini's voice traveled all the way to Yericho is correct. That which Al Gemara said that Agrifas heard him at three parsaot, that was the story. He happened to be three parsaot away and heard it. The Gemara is not saying to the exclusion of hearing it further. The Gemara says it was ten, and the Kadami was ten. But don't, you can't ask a question from Agrifas because that was the Ma'asei. It happens to be three parsaot away. Now, the Mephashim do point out that it seems there was a connection between the Kohen Gadol's voice traveling all the way to Yiriho. And uh, someone explained that there was an Inyan that since Yiriho was the first city that Yeshua Benun conquered when he entered into Israel, it had a certain Kiddushah. So miraculously, because you have to say all this was miraculously, miraculously the voice of the Kohen Gadol would be heard in two places. It would be heard in Yerushalayim, and miraculously would also be heard at uh, Yiriho. And, and that's what the Gemara is uh, trying to show to us. That there was Ma'asin, Nisimov, whether it was Givini's voice or whether it was the Kohen Gadol's uh, voice as well. Now let's read Rashi's over here. Let's read Rashi's three lines on the bottom. Kevar Amar Anashim. When the Kohen Gadol said Anashim, Kevar Pa'amahataya Ma'asin. שהיה כהן גדול מתוודה על פרעה ביום הכיפורים, ואמר אנא השם חטאתי ונשמע קולו ביריחו. אבל רש"י אשמע שמה, כבר פעם אחת היה מעשה. So the Mephashim asked on Nashi that it's Mashra Masekh Tamid, that this was a standard miracle that every year the Kohen's voice would travel all the way to uh, Yiriho. Fine. In any event, that's the uh, proof for Rav. Comes the Gemara and says, and let's just continue Nashi for a second. The Ikahul Shah, the Kohen Gadol and Kippur is weak, the Tarita, because he's fasting. The voice doesn't travel in the day like it does at night. The sawdust, so to speak, of the sun that's cutting through the sky, it's called La. That's like the sawdust. Right? You see it when the sun is, uh, what's up? That is its name. Okay. Comes again what on says, Tarul Banan, we have a brighter. El Malay Galgal Hama Nishma Kol Hamonashil Romi. If it wasn't for this Galgal Hama, it seems that's making its noise as it's going through the sky, we would hear the sounds of the, uh, the, the, the Roman armies. It seems the Roman armies were very loud, but they were drowned out by this Galgal Hama. And if it wasn't for the fact that the Roman army and legions were so loud, we would be able to hear the sound of the sun, which means both sounds ran at each other. Therefore, we can't hear either of them. They're both muffled out by each other. Gibbalah symbolically is trying to show me how powerful Rome was. She's Rome was such a force and such a power that their armies and their sounds would be able to be heard very far away. There are three sounds that travel from one side of the world to the other. That's the ball of the sun as it's going in the sky, like we said, it's like the carpenter cutting the wood. And the sound of the Roman legions. When they're at the time of death, 
when the neshama leaves the body, it seems it's such a, a pain at that time that there's a tremendous call that's uh, called out by the neshama. And some say also birth. Obviously, when the lady is giving birth, even the Ridya, Ridya is the name of the Malach that's in charge of the rain. It seems before the rain, that she tells from a Sikhatani, the Malach has to call out the upper rains that come from the heavens and the lower rains that come from the bottom of the earth. So it seems that uh, call is a loud voice. They call that angel Ridya. I think he has the. Um, because he looks like an eagle. He looks like a, a calf. And in Aramaic, an eagle is a Ridya. Uh, Look at the top of He's in charge of uh, irrigation of the land. From the rains above. And from the depths underneath. And he calls, like we say in the Pasuk Tehilim. Tehom el Tehom Kore Leko Sindorecha. Tehom el Tehom Kore. He calls out to the depths. He looks like a, a calf. Uh, okay, the rabbis prayed that the pain at the time of death of the Neshama should not be so great, that the call should not be so loud, so they, they negated that one. See, the rabbis prayed that that one should, uh, should go away, and uh, they, were, uh, they were successful. Fine. Come to Gemara and concludes. Tanya. Okay, so now we bring a proof to the Bishela. Right, that it's a rooster. What's going on over there? Are we on the What happened over there? Why did it stop at 51 minutes? No, it had a full battery. Okay. Tanya Kivatet Rabishela. A person goes out on the road. Before Kiryat HaGeber, meaning early in the morning, before uh, dawn, uh, he's going out alone. Right? He's not traveling with people. And at night we said it's very dangerous because there's mazikin. There's all sorts of demons and spirits out there, so it's very dangerous. So the Gebel says, He's guilty. If something happens to him, his blood is on his own head because he put himself in Sakana. Rabbi Yoshia Omer, He says, not only Kiryat HaGeber, you have to wait until the Geber calls out twice. Which means, you can't, not only have to wait for Kiryat HaGeber, you have to wait till the Kiryat HaGeber is two times. And suddenly you have to wait till he calls out three times, then you can go out on the road. So the Gebera says, And what type of rooster we're talking about? So you see clearly Kiryat HaGeberov is referring to the rooster. So the Gebera is a betanegol benoni. Talk about a uh, mediocre uh, tanegol. What does that mean? Look at Rashi. Rashi says, Tanya kevatet rebishela, de'amar kiryat HaGeber kerat tanegola, ha'yotzi yachinida derech d'amo berosho mepeneh ha'mazikin, d'amo berosho avon moto al rosho mutal. His death, God forbid, if it happens, is on his head. Shu emit atzmo. But he causes his own death. Meaning he's on time. The rooster doesn't go early. It's not an early clock and it's not a late clock. It's, a, it's an on-time clock. It's a tanegod benoni. So what do you see over here? That according to this bright that clearly, is a tanegod. Look at right now.